Welcome, friend. I hope you're well. You're listening to the Mr. X Dreams podcast, where I regale you with stories of all things paranormal. Now, whether these stories come from my listeners, my own personal and family experience, or fictional stories from my own imagination, all stories you'll hear here are written and performed by yours truly. Make sure you follow this podcast for countless journeys to come. If you're listening on a rating-supported platform, like Apple iTunes, a five-star review would be very much appreciated. If you have a scary story of your own, reach out at mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. That's mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. And share your story with me. You might even hear it on a future episode. Now, sit back, relax, and spend a moment or two here in my world. I'm Mr. X, and welcome to my dreams. This episode is a part of a series of my older recordings I did for the Mr. X Dreams YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast version, please excuse references to YouTube and subscribers and things like that. Consider it a relic of the past. If you're the type to prefer visuals along with your stories, I usually put artwork and motion graphics to go along with the experience. You can find those videos over at youtube.com by searching Mr. X Dreams. We'll talk again soon. Greetings my friends, Mr. X Dreams here, and I'm back with a surprising number of dreams that I, uh, I was looking through my notes the other day and I came across basically a treasure trove of really interesting dreams and uh, they kind of fit in different categories. So um, I decided to sort of group some of them together and talk about them sort of off the cuff, just like last week or uh, whenever the last upload was. Sort of a laid-back, conversational type of uh, me looking at my notes of my dreams and explaining the dreams to you, telling them off the top of my head like a story, because I know these stories so well. When I look at my notes, I kind of just am transported back to the the day that I was experiencing the dream itself. So it's really a good experience for me, and uh, hopefully seems like a lot of you enjoy hearing about that as well. So it's a win-win for both of us, really. So the last time I did this, I had a bunch of dreams that were sort of oddly multiversal in nature in that, and by that I mean they almost seemed like they could have been happening in either they could have been happening in another life, in another version of this reality, or there was some sort of there was some sort of multiversal theme within the dream itself. I have a bunch of other ones that are going to be coming up probably in the next upload or maybe the one after that, where I'll be talking about my dreams that have been more supernatural and paranormal in nature, because I have a bunch of those as well, really creepy stuff and uh there's uh, even some involving my own death, which hasn't happened very often in a long uh, throughout my life, really. It's only happened a handful of times, and one of those times happens to be something I'm going to be talking about in uh, a future video very soon. So with these, these are kind of, they're not really far off from our reality. There's just situations that I encounter and uh, lives that I've lived 
within the dreams that are completely plausible, except for the first one. The first one is the most uh, out there when it comes to plausibility and um, relating it to modern times. But it's interesting nonetheless, and I hope you all enjoy it. And again, as I said before, I know it's a crazy time right now. I know uh, things feel uncertain and unsafe, and it's you got to think twice before you even step outside your front door. And um, that's part of the reason why I'm making, trying to put some content out there in case anybody wants to just have something to listen to for a, a few minutes. You know, I, I'd like to like to help out with that. But also, I want to say, you know, have each other's backs. Take care of the people that you can take care of. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. And um, if you're one of those people that are essential, whether you work at or quote-unquote essential, whether you work at a restaurant or or you're a firefighter, law enforcement, medical personnel, even people who take care of utilities and, and telephone poles, garbage, uh, waste workers. That sounds that really sounds bad to say, but I mean, I don't really... Sanitation, that's the word. That's what I'm looking for. I don't want to say a garbage person or a waste person, but sanitation, those types of people that have to go out and brave the elements as, as it were. I, I hope you're safe. I hope your family's okay. Uh, thank you for your service. Thank you for doing what you do. And I hope that we defeat this as, as a nation, as a global community sooner rather than later so that we could all move on with our lives and wait for the ultimate pandemic, which will be uh, the zombie virus, of course. And um, incidentally, in my next video, I'll be talking about a zombie-based dream that was really disturbing. Man, now that I think about it, that's going to be, it's going to connect quite a bit to the whole pandemic situation that we're facing right now. So um, yeah, stay tuned for that. So anyway, this first dream was among, of the dreams that I'm going to talk about right now, this first one was the most, um, sort of the most out there. The other ones are more, more plausible they're more realistic and this one involves an antique shop in rome italy i was actually working there this i had this dream um a few months ago i can't remember exactly when it was before it was before my mother passed if i'm not mistaken i was living in rome italy with my grandmother and we were working in um an antique shop that she owned and it was uh, it was it was really beautiful. The place, it was almost like a market square where this shop was located. And it was, uh, it had this amazing looking Roman architecture throughout the entire shopping center. I mean, I can, you could tell that it wasn't a real Roman, ancient Roman city or anything, but the architecture was built to look that way. And it was in Rome. So I don't, I really haven't, I've never been to Rome. I don't know anything about it itself, but it was in my mind, it was a place that was fashioned to look like it was ancient architecture. It was white, kind of marble-looking structures and columns and all that, all that kind of stuff. It was uh, re really beautiful to see. So in that, in that antique shop, everything was pretty much normal. In fact, everything in the whole dream was, was pretty mundane, except for one thing. We had an assistant which was actually an human, a humanoid uh, android 
he looked like a kind of a kind of a some reason he looked a lot like the actor Donnie Yen if you re- you might recognize him from the movies Ip Man or uh he played the blind force sensitive uh, guy in Star Wars Rogue One this that gentleman he uh I'm sure he's a great guy but for some reason our android looked very similar to him uh, it reminded me of him when I saw it and he normally he looked exactly like any normal human being except you could kind of see these these pearlescent glowing uh glyphs that kind of radiated from his neck up to his jawline it was kind of just always uh pulsating light coming from that area and otherwise you would never know that he was an android and he basically acted as an assistant in the shop and he was the driver for our employees that would go out and and purchase scout out and purchase rare antiquities for the shop so one day the android was driving and one of our employees and another driver hit their car and uh, they caused them to have a a really a really uh, terrible accident to the point where the human employee our employee was injured pretty severely and the android was also damaged to the point where he kind of went rogue the android um when when he when they found the wreckage of the vehicle the android was missing and the man was in critical condition and i don't know what the condition was of the other driver so when when this happened my job was then to track down the android and find out what happened to him and as i was doing so i was going throughout the city trying to check and ask people if they had seen an android running around and i started coming across scenes of of vandalism and kind of destruction like as though there was somebody running around and breaking windows of shops storefronts and assaulting um, I, i don't know if it was assaulting any people but it was just basically destroying property and there were a couple of times where i would see i would hear something happening some glass breaking or something people start screaming and then i'll look and then i would see a glimpse of our android fleeing the scene so i could see that for some reason he was running around and vandalizing property after the accident and he did so for must have been several days because i i never found him but there was just consistently destruction all over the place and vandalism so sometime during the dream i lost i lost time and several days must have passed by because the employee that was injured in the car accident he came back to the shop to talk to us and uh, to tell us how he was doing he had basically mostly healed from his injuries and moments after he arrived at the store and we were my grandmother and i were looking him over and just making sure he was okay the android suddenly appeared in the front at the front door of the shop and he came in and grabbed the man the the man that he was driving and hugged him and he was like in tears the android was in tears but i mean he, he if he had tears which he didn't you would have seen tears he was d- utterly distraught and seemed to be overjoyed to see that the employee had returned and that he was safe and healthy and the android this is the part that's that gets really strange the android told us and well not us but he was just speaking to the man that 
he was felt responsible for injuring, he said, I know it's only been days for you, but for me, it's been thousands of years. Though because of the way my my brain processes time and information, so he was, it, it was what he was basically trying to tell us was that that anguish and the guilt that he's that he felt being the driver when someone you know was hit, the person he was driving was injured. It basically seemingly drove him insane temporarily because it the way I guess how quickly they make calculations and how their brains or their minds or their intelligence processes data so much faster than we do it's it was as if thousands of years had passed within those couple of days so then the android looks at me and my grandmother and he apologized to us he he apologizes and when he looks at my grandmother he refers to her as mother which is another strange thing and although i was i was kind of I was kind of looking at the situation. I was kind of in awe because I, I wasn't expecting to see the android again. And the android was basically showing human emotions, which was not really what I was expecting him to be able to do. So when he looked at my grandmother and referred to her and called her mother, he said, Mother, I'm, I'm so sorry. My grandmother basically said to him, which is, you know, my, my grandmother is a super sweet lady. She would never say something to, you know, like this. But she basically looked at the android and said, you're not my child you're, because you're not human. And the android basically, in response to that, he had an, emo- he had an emotional breakdown and tried to attack my grandmother. He, he started shaking. He started visibly crying although he had no tears he was crying and and like shouting like trembling and screaming of of, of about uh, you know in in response to this being kind of disowned by someone he for some reason suddenly ref- thought of as his mother and he started he was screaming and shaking and i actually had to grab him like to try to hold him back and i remember seeing the 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 blue light patterns the circuit patterns lighting up throughout not just on the the light faded uh the faded light on his neck like there normally was before but it actually began to expand over his entire chest and face and it got more and more intense the more he shouted and the louder he shouted the more he vibrated and before just before i woke up i remember thinking cuz i was holding on because i was holding on to this this i don't know what to say creature this being this thing i was holding on to him for dear life to stop him from attacking and hurting my grandmother and i was thinking this this thing is going to explode he's going to blow up right now and kill all of us because he is losing his freaking mind and it was it was really scary and that's when I woke up. So the thought that I had afterwards was, man, what did I, what did I just witness? You know, they, they talk about the, the singularity, the point where AI becomes so advanced that there's no turning back. It, it can basically enhance itself to an endless degree and learn from itself and, and 
that becomes a cycle that humanity can no longer turn off. And it leads to unforeseen consequences. And it made me think about that, that concept when I was really mulling over the dream in my head after I woke up. So I'm asking, I'm asking myself, did I, did I just possibly witness a machine thinking that it's human, like becoming human? Or did I witness something that unfortunately just this poor digital soul that went through some trauma and was trying it's it was somehow evolving but it was not able to com- to contain that evolution it couldn't it couldn't handle the emotions that were being that were growing within it because as soon as he as soon as he was denied something something that happens to people all the time people get disowned they get their hearts broken but he gets his heart broken and is so overwhelmed by that experience that he basically self-destructs. And that, I mean, maybe that saved us from the singularity at that time, or d- at least delayed it for a certain amount of time. Anyway, I thought that was a pretty interesting dream. I have a couple more that I want to talk about today, and these are those these ones are a little bit more um, normal. No uh, AI singularities, no, um, you know spectral floating dragons that kill people on contact like I'm going to be talking about in the future and no death by uh, intravenous acid injection like I had in another one that I'm going to be talking about later on so in the next dream I was living in a world where some sort of cataclysmic event known as the great burning happened in Louisiana the United States. Basically, in this dream, almost the entire the entire state of Louisiana had somehow been burned, like thoroughly. Basically, everything in that in that uh, state was charred. All the forests, all the buildings, everything was completely scorched, and it was essentially sterilized. So there were large centers somewhere in the in the middle of the state not not in the middle of the state but i i assume near the border of the state so that other unaffected state unaffected states would be able to set up uh sort of aid stations where people volunteers would be bussed in so you would meet at a volunteer center in a state that was not burned and they would give you a t-shirt, you get a meal, and you get on a bus and you go to different locations in Louisiana to help collect and uh, pick up and transport charred wood from the forests or burned pieces of architecture or think buildings that had burned down. And there were specific there were specific groups of people. I mean, obviously there were bulldozers and things like that for industrial waste and stuff like that but there was there was a concerted effort that was like pushed by celebrities and local governments and law enforcement and all that to collect pieces of of debris and and burned things that could be used to create art so the the idea was that people would be bust in search for things that could be used to make art and then bring them back to these 
volunteer centers. And anyone can come to the volunteer center and take whatever pieces they wanted for free as long as they created art that would serve as uh, to re-beautify Louisiana once it was rebuilt. And it's, a, it's an interesting idea because it was, it was sort of like, um, it was forward-looking. It was something that made, made you think, wow, you know what? The people of Louisiana, which I don't know anybody from Louisiana, and I've never, I don't think I've ever been there, but all the states surrounding Louisiana were kind of pitching in to help give Louisiana back its future. And knowing that, hey, this, this cataclysm totally destroyed your state, but we're going to rebuild it we're going to rebuild it and the relics of this cataclysm will be the art that beautifies the the state after it's reborn and i thought it was a very interesting and beautiful message so like i said that's something that i would like to think is a it's plausible it's something that could really go down in the real world and I would like to think that if, if some kind of cataclysm like that occurred in the United States or anywhere, the people around it that were not affected would be willing to, to chip in and give that encouragement and have that positive attitude towards rebuilding. And it kind of makes me think, and this, this is ha this, I had this dream long before the whole pandemic situation occurred that we're dealing with now, but I hope that the communities and the the governments and the just the people rally around the ones that need it the most and help everybody to come back up to a sense of, of what should be normal. So there's my thoughts on that. Alright, so here's another here's another sort of mundane one, but it's it it, it struck it struck me as strange because it was so realistic that I thought it was real when I woke up. That doesn't happen to me very often. Usually I know, okay, I just woke up from a dream. But I actually, no matter, and you're going to have to stick with me on this because even though it's a very uh, unlikely event that I'm going to describe in the dream, it felt so real that I literally thought that it really, really happened. And this is another short one. So in this next dream, I was living, I believe, in New York New York City somewhere. Pretty sure that's what it was. So I was at a Korean restaurant and I met, I was, I was talking to a friend and somehow legendary chef Emeril Lagasse overheard me talking to my friend and he actually asked to sit with us. I, I'm not sure what, what we were talking about or what the, what the situation was that made him notice us, but he basically said, hey, can I sit with you guys? And of course, we were like, yeah, cool. You know, it's nice to meet you. We're, we know who you are and everything. And we kind of struck up different conversations and became kind of friendly with him. So eventually he, and this is, and this is weird. It's, it's hard for me to even tell this because I remember knowing this information. It's not necessarily that it all happened in the same dream, but I had a history with this, the, in, with Emeril Lagasse, like I had a friendship with him. Like we, I would go to his house, and he, you know, he invited us over for dinner. Me and my friend, and we 
we really became close friends just from a chance meeting at a Korean restaurant in New York City. And it seemed like in the dream we had we'd been friends for years. And one day I found out, I got a phone call and I found out that Emeril Lagasse was in, in the hospital because he had had a heart attack. And I was such a I was such a close friend with him that I was like, oh man, I, I need to go to the hospital and find and see him right now. And unfortunately, by the time I got to the hospital, I was informed that he had passed away. And I mean, this was like maybe four, five, six months ago, sometime late last year. And once I found out that he had passed away, I woke up and I was sad. I was, I was like really sad about the death in my dream of someone I've never met. I've never met. And I wasn't even sure if he was still alive in real life. Like once I came to my senses and I, I looked it up. I, I, it felt so real that I actually went on my phone and looked up on Google if Emeril Lagasse had died because I had this halfway feeling of either he, did he die when I saw that he died of a heart attack in the hospital and I was there or did he just die some other time? I wasn't sure what the reality really was because I felt when I woke up, I felt like my friend had died truly and that's just one of those weird feelings that occurs sometimes when you're, you know, when you dream the way I do. And I'm sure a lot of you know what I mean by that. A lot of us, a lot of us have these dreams where we're thrust into these other realities. And sometimes we just take for granted that, that, uh, what we, of what we know and, and what experiences we have during our times there. And it can really, some of those dreams are so subtle that you don't question it and you don't think about uh, what the implications would actually be and, you know, really kind of investigate and find out if something's true or not. Sometimes it's so subtle and so plausible that you don't even really go back and double check to see, to see if it was really a real thing or not. And I suspect that that's how a lot of the times we we end up with false memories and false recollections of the way certain things happened. If you have a dream and it's close enough to reality, you might actually just go with that mental mental picture of what actually happened. So the last dream I'll talk about for this this video because I know it's getting kind of long. I was a salesman and I was basically right after I got out of the military I was working in, ele in an uh, electronic store and a man came in while I was talking to a young woman. This man, I could kind of tell, I saw him out of the corner of my eye, I could tell he was kind of bad news. He was frustrated, he had a mean look on his face, he was upset for whatever reason. And he basically stormed in, quickly walked by where I was, where I was talking to this young female customer. And he, he wanted trouble, I could tell. So he intentionally, clearly intentionally bumped into the young lady. And she and I both said, hey, hey, what are you doing, man? Come on. Basically along those lines. And rather than say anything to us, he gestured toward his pocket. He had a jacket on. And um, he kind of pointed at his pocket. And I could see an imprint of a, of a pistol, a handgun 
in the pocket of this jacket. The girl that I was talking to didn't notice that, and she continued to argue with the man. I was immediately trying to de-escalate the situation and stop things from going wrong, because I, this it wasn't the first time I'd seen somebody who I believed had an, the intention of doing something crazy that day. And sometimes you and you got to be if you're paying attention to your surroundings hopefully you never see this but you won't see it if you're not paying attention to your surroundings and using situational awareness so that you you pick up on subtle clues like this now not to mention the fact that the guy pointed to the imprint of a handgun you know if you're not being observant you wouldn't notice that you might not notice a guy coming in who's clearly upset and frustrated so, you know, somebody you want to steer clear of and certainly not start an argument with. So the young lady continued to yell and argue with this guy against my better, my better uh, guidance. And he drew his gun, pressed it to her chest, and he fired one round. And he did, he did that so quickly that I, I couldn't do anything about it. I was, I was like, I was unable, he was, he's, he was clearly well practiced in drawing and firing uh, his gun from uh, a holstered position in in his pocket and I, I started moving as soon as he pulled as he drew the gun but uh, he'd already pressed it to her chest and fired one round and I basically jumped on him at that point and tackled him and I wrenched both of his arms back behind his back and I'm, I basically, I nearly broke both of his shoulders or broke both of his arms restraining him. And I, I put my knee kind of at the back of his head and I pushed his face down so hard onto the ground, which was a, a concrete flooring, that his face began to basically deglove. And uh, like, you know, and if you don't know what a face deglove means... Don't Google it because it's pretty horrifying. It's basically when the skin on your face just starts to kind of pull off of your face. And you're just left looking like something out of a Mortal Kombat fatality. And uh, so I was just I was just holding him down. He was screaming at that point. I was holding him down forcefully. And the, unfortunately, the young woman was on the ground uh, gasping for air and bleeding. So I don't know what what happened or how this happened so quickly but an ambulance basically showed up almost right away i don't know if there was one outside or if somebody flagged one down or if they called and were across the street from a ambulance station or something i i, I have no idea but uh they took they they uh the man was arrested they put him in the ambulance and they and they took the girl as well and the last i was told she was still alive and I woke up sometime after being told that, and I was I was relieved, but it was a point blank like contact shot directly to the sternum, and I don't know unless he maybe had a a a very light caliber weapon or if it was a, some kind of misfire or maybe she just has a really strong sternum and it was able to lodge the bullet into there into the sternum into the sternum and uh. I mean, I hope so, but at the end of the day, it was a dream, and nobody really got hurt, as far as I know. So, that dream 
makes me think of a few different things. Number one, being observant and being uh, attuned to your surroundings, being able to pick things up and know, okay, yeah, this person is going to be trouble. Look at the look in their eyes. Look at their body language. If you're wrong, great, you're wrong. Don't treat the person any kind of way unless you have to. But being aware can save your life. And unfortunately, in my dream, I was not able to react fast enough to stop the girl from getting shot, which kind of made me feel an extreme sense of guilt. It's, you know, having in, in the real world, being aware and being mentally prepared to do something if you see something crazy happening if you have the ability to 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 uh to react safely or or involve yourself safely you know especially when it comes down to saving your own life or the life of the person that's with you that's that's a key that's a key point it's situational awareness being being cognizant of your surroundings as much as possible not being zoned in. If, I mean, if I was if I was not paying attention, or if I was just staring, gazing into the woman's eyes, when there was a, a potential troublemaker coming up up to us, that would have been a, a a lot would have been a lot more of a difficult situation to to deal with. And also, it makes me think. I wonder if somewhere in the world on that day, a young woman had a dream that. She was talking to me, and a man came in and bumped into her. She yelled at him, and then he shot her in the chest. I really wonder if that's, you know, something. And I would never, I've never, it, the woman was not someone I recognize, and I would never be able to really tell if that was someone I had seen before. But it just it just makes me wonder how connected are, are these dreams of ours. I mean, what if there was a man who dreamt, he was pissed off. He got his gun, put it in his pocket, and walked into a uh, in, an electronic store and purposefully started a fight with a young woman and ended up shooting her and then having his face degloved by a tall black guy. You know, that's, that's also a possibility. I don't know. I, I wish I could show, talk, I wish I could talk about my dreams and somehow everyone in the world would hear them and be able to tell, hey, I had that exact dream and I was this person or I was that person, you know, and it's, that would be, that would be so amazing to know whether, whether people are actually connected. But unfortunately, there's really, unless I somehow became Keanu Reeves or something, there'd basically be no way that most of the people on earth would care about what my dreams are, if you know what I mean. But anyway, yeah, um, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to a few of these dreams. I have some really crazy ones that uh, that I'm going to be talking about over the next maybe two, two or three videos. And just to give you all some easy listening, something you could just kind of turn on and casually do go about your business and listen to. You know, I didn't want to do a whole bunch of writing and editing and stuff on these so it it's it might be a little bit of a departure from what you're used to if you're a fan of my old school like written pre-done videos but I wanted to get something out there. I don't really have a lot of time to sit down and spend 3 hours 
editing a video anymore, or three hours would be, that's on the short side for some of these videos. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. And a couple of, a couple of updates for what's coming down the road. The, the death-related and paranormal, supernatural-related dreams I'll be talking about pretty soon. And I had an idea, I've been having an idea for quite a while, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it or how to do it. And now I kind of think I know what I'm going to do with it. And what reminded me was that, that singularity, the, the android dream, it got me wondering about uh, maybe I could speak to a machine learning algorithm and record the results to see how close we are to that point of no return. I thought maybe that would be a fun ride, not just for us, but for perhaps our future AI overlords when they analyze all internet data of all time and hear this story translated into binary code and understand and listen to what I, whatever it is I'm, I'm saying in that video. But yeah, next time, well, not next, maybe not next time, but at some point in the near future, I'll be talking to a website called Talk to Transformer. And uh, I feel like it's going to be a pretty entertaining experience. Uh, you guys already know I, I don't have a lot of time for writing, so I wonder what an AI would come up with for me to read. I'll give it a little prompt and uh, see where it goes from there. So anyway, hope you all enjoyed this video. If you did, make sure you uh, give it a like, uh, share it with your friends. If, if they're looking for something to kill some time and listen to, put on the background or whatever, if they like dreams and they like talking about and thinking about dreams, send them over to my channel. Uh, that's, and you know, the cryptid stuff and all the other paranormal stuff. I got all kinds of things. If, uh, if you're new here, make sure you subscribe if you are. And yeah, leave a comment down below and let me know what you thought. Or if you have any crazy things you'd like to share yourself. And by the way, if you're here all the way at the end of the video, let's see, let's see, um, code word, bam, down in the comments. If you remember, uh, Emeril Lagasse, that was his thing back in the day. I think it was maybe even in the nineties where he would, he would, he would, uh, season his food and he would say, bam. And that was his thing. B A M. So comment bam down below in your, just, just slip it in somewhere. Uh, if you're watching all the way to the end here, so I'll know who my real ride or die old school dreamers who come back even after like four months of not posting, you guys come back and listen all the way to the end of the video. That's pretty good. So I appreciate you all. I hope you all stay safe, love you, and take care of yourselves, my friends. I'm Mr. X, and may your nights be full of dreams. Code word BAM. <laughs> Later. Hello again, my dreamers. Mr. X Dreams here. I wanted to thank you for listening to the Mr. X Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said before, make sure you follow this podcast for countless journeys to come. Don't forget, if you can, please leave a 5-star rating and review. It'd be very much appreciated, and it certainly helps out. If you feel I deserve it, that is. Also, if you have a scary story of your own to share, reach out to me at mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. That's mr.xdr54 
EAMS54 at gmail.com. You might even hear it on a future episode of the show. Once again, thanks for listening, my friend. I hope you're well. Enjoy your day, night, weekend, or whatever's coming next. I wish you the best in all your endeavors. Until next time, I'm Mr. X, and may your nights be full of dreams.